0: Oh, no, you're going to do 16 sneezes in a row. <laughs> this is why our episode is so, so selfish. Selfish. long.
1: It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> fine. I'm going to tame it. No, let it out. Oh, we told you. Repression. No, repression. repression. Let <sighs> unleash the beast. Oh. I'm too scared. It's... Thirty years worth of sneezes <laughs> waiting in their chest. That is a young south of just waiting yes.
0: to enter the mortal sphere. Now I remember God is dead as you sneeze. It's like instead of saying God bless you, I'm gonna say God, God is dead. God is dead. The other God's. Kind it kinda sounds like a sneeze anyway. Just go niche. <laughs> your God is dead. <laughs> there we go. Okay, good. Release your beer. One of my friends recently drank eight pints of beer. They went out <sighs> for a whole night, and they drank like eight pints, which is uh, a little gallon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll know. She'll be like, girl, why, why are you shaming me? I'm not shaming. That's, That's applauding. <laughs> That's fucking rad. <laughs> My favorite thing is chilling with a beer, because you're just relaxing. You got the beer. It's nice. It's low-key. Then you feel a bit sleepy afterwards. It's
1: nice. As we've discussed, my favourite thing is to wake up at two in the morning mm. and drink my beer. Your night beer. My warm beer, and then go back to sleep. I love
0: your night
1: Nursing beers. my addiction.
0: Yeah. <laughs> this, this is your slow descent into alcoholism doing this podcast.
1: Strix kind of wakes me up in the morning as I huddle around a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say your episode was on? It's a mystery. Oh, it's the mystery episode, yes. the one you've not been telling me about. I mean is it gonna stay a mystery or are you gonna do the opposite? Welcome to everything's awful forever. What podcast is this? It's a mystery. Mystery podcast. Who, knows? Who are we? Who are you? Who are you? Though this is an existentialist podcast now. Oh no. Now I feel bad. Who are we all? Who are we really when we get right down to it? Yeah. Our argument is we're all awful. That's Absolutely
0: true. foul. Filthy. Vile. Dirty bad <laughs> <laughs> and it's been that way forever and it's going to continue after that i'm Philip evans i'm exhausted and i'm also jessica burn it's been
1: we've had a day of drinking <sighs> a day of drinking and talking and everyone's like yeah that's called socializing. (laughs) And we're
0: like, like, oh no, (laughs) I don't like it. This is hard and bad and I want to go
1: home and be in six blankets. After today, Jess is going to be like, I'm done with Philippa. I'm just over it. I've had too much. Yes, it was. I I need to go cold Philippa. Is
0: that my accent? no is that how you see me <laughs> oh I'm done with Philippa <laughs>
1: Poor that vile African child
0: from the colonies she's colonists. not
1: British like me
0: not Watch me dance.
1: No, you've got a sexy northern accent. I don't know why you think the northern accent is sexy. It's so sexy. I love a northern accent. I don't think my accent is northern enough
0: either. But
1: I think you could be more northern. But, be. but I do like it when it comes out in a little twang.
0: Right, let me uh, let me rile you up a little bit now sad road.
1: Oh, I love it. that sad road. It's got me so hot right now. Aye. I wouldn't call it a, a northern twang so much as a northern burr. <laughs>
0: Right, and, and the difference is? Twang is kind
1: of like, it's a sharper mm-hmm. sound. Like Irish is a lilt. Yes, exactly. And Scotland also has a burr. Yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: I, th- I think the Northerners
0: do as well. I do love, I miss the really Northern accent where I'm from, because it's great, it's just so good. It's like when people think this, they equate certain accents with certain things, like for a long time accents weren't allowed on the BBC because people assume people with regional accents are less intelligent. <laughs> Which is. Uh, well. I mean, have you heard a. Uh, have you heard a Mancunian? <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. Basically, everyone in Britain hates everyone else, and so when I'm being like this much of a dick about other countries and myself, it's just the British way, and I hate the rest of Britain, <laughs> the rest of Britain hates me. It's just our way.
1: But in Britain, you had to speak with a received pronunciation,
0: exactly. which I can't do. It's the received pronunciation where everything is. I, I don't even overly know. Overly enunciated. It. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing it. Overly enunciated. News at nine. And uh, yeah, so they didn't want to hear other kind of accents. Like so, in in America, I think like the Southern drawl is considered trustworthy, and like mm. somehow, and, someone you know.
1: who's gonna offer you a nice tea, and... yeah like the Southern hospitality, kind mm. of thing. yeah, we like a southern accent Indeed. I mean the deeply entrenched racism, not so much, but
0: mm. yeah, the bible bashing God bothering we can do without um the but keep yeah. the accent keep the accent, lose the flag, yeah, keep the accent, yeah, flag is bad, flag is racist. Accent good. Accent good. Sexy. Keep making pies. <laughs> so, <laughs> segue. <Segway. laughs> Inserts. Seamless. In my old flat, I used to live with four other people. And uh, we were all friends that moved away from our hometown to live together. And on our wall, we had like a little list of every time uh, one of my friends, Rosie, said, where is my phone? She would put a tally on this list. Because it happened... Like, at least four times a day. And it used to be that it was just like in a fold of a blanket or something, but she was just like, where, where's my phone? And so we all had that because it kept happening so much. But one of our friends, Lo, had one on this list, where the fuck is my stuff? Because she would just like, not just misplace her stuff constantly but it would never turn up ever again oh. so she would just like honestly just the borrowers just fucked off with her things and it would just not turn up so we had cute like where's my phone oh here it is whoops put a tally on she would have oh yeah it'd be a day later still haven't found the thing it's just gone where the fuck is my stuff witches, witches or it was haunted Oh, you know. Are
1: you going to tell me what this mystery episode is about? Because I need to know. <laughs> I'm trying to guess, and no, I can't. I'm
0: not going to. But okay, this is for future Philippa. You need to edit in some spirited jaunty, you know, royalty-free music here. here.
1: Spirited jaunty.
0: Spirited jaunty. Okay, I'm going to say it in a spirited, jaunty voice as well. So, in Christmas Eve in 1945, the Sada family lived in Fayetteville in West Virginia. Country roads, take me home. home. Anyway, they were preparing for Christmas. Busy, busy, busy. Nine of their ten children were home for Christmas. Your eye is like, like... Horror, and
1: they all die. your
0: face, here. It's been a long one by Bing Crosby playing on the wireless as they were excitedly ready to open their post-war presents of discarded gun shells made into dolls or whatever <laughs> post-war gifts were. Five of the kids argued to stay up a little bit later than usual which Mother Jenny allowed. Oh, just it's this th- one. Just cause it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Dad, George Sodder, went to bed early early with his elder sons, John and George Jr. He was 16. They were knackered from working on the old family farm all day. The rest of the family turned in at about 10pm. Even though it was Christmas, they still had to go and round up the cows and feed the chickens in the morning.
1: How The awesome. jaunty music is still playing. <laughs>
0: Jenny was woken at 12.30 by a prank call. The unknown prankster asked for someone who didn't live there. Oh, you. I don't like this. And she heard... (laughs) You're trying to guess what's happened. She heard clinking glasses and laughter in the background. Just a drunken Christmas party. But she did later describe the laugh as sounding weird. Okay, so I know she lives. She spoke later. Half an hour later, she was woken again by a loud thud. An object landed on their roof and then noisily rolled down the side of it. Like Santa? She ignored it. Probably just drunken crows throwing a Christmas party. What was that? She woke for a third time at 1am. This time she could smell smoke. George Sada's home office was on fire. The fuse box and telephone wires were all in where George's office were. Jenny roused the family and escaped with four of the children. Marion, Sylvia, John, and George Jr., the ones that went to bed earlier. Five of the children were still upstairs in the attic, those that had stayed up later. George ran in to rescue them, or he tried to at least, but the staircase was on fire, and so he couldn't get up to them safely. And the whole house is soon ablaze, because most of American houses are made of, like, that Drywall stuff? Yeah. Instead of bricks? Which is what houses should be made of. (laughs) We learned that after the Great Fire of London. London fire. Bricks! Bricks! Otherwise (laughs) you'll be (laughs) bricking Unable to run up the stairs, he tried to call the fire brigade, but the phone wasn't working. Shit. He ran around the side of the house to fetch the ladder, but... The ladder wasn't in the usual place that he normally kept it. So he couldn't really get up to reach them at all, or he couldn't find the ladder. So he sent one of his kids across to the neighbor's house to call the fire brigade, but they weren't really answering. It was Christmas, and there was only really one person working at the time because it was like a volunteer situation. So one person on, they just couldn't get through. Mm. So anyway, he went around to try and get one of his coal trucks so he could like drive around to like see if he could reach the attic where the children were. But when he went to the his truck, it just wouldn't start. There's a lot of coincidences piling up here. here. So he was like, "Fuck it, fine. This truck was working fine yesterday, but it doesn't matter. I've got another coal truck." Went around. That one was also. No, oh, I've got like weird little chills. Yeah,
1: it's, it's creepy.
0: It's creepy. Isn't this is it?
1: gonna be like an episode of Krampus or something. He ghosts. <laughs> that oh. was a whole
0: few weeks ago. <laughs> Both trucks were fine, and now not fine. What is going on? So the kid going to the neighbor couldn't get through because it was Christmas and there was only one guy, and also the fucking war, so most people were away. So the Soda family were forced to watch their home burn to the ground with five of their children inside. Yeah, the firefighters couldn't get there until the morning, so they had to watch it burn down.
1: That is the worst delivery service. (laughs) I mean, look, I can wait two weeks for a hat. Yeah.
0: But... Call up their customer service, demand to speak to the manager. And be like, I have a fire now. (laughs) I need you
1: here. I cannot wait until the weekend. Can I speak with your
0: manager? (laughs) Can I speak with your manager's manager? Because you're an idiot, so burn down. Four days after the fire, George Sodder bulldozed over the ashes because it was too upsetting for them to see their destroyed lives and also the lives of their five children. He wanted to construct a memorial garden Mm. where the house used to be. He was instructed to leave the site alone because there was more of an investigation needed, but because it was just so upsetting mm-hmm. you know. Like that was I mean what are you life. gonna do, your children? Now? Exactly, yeah. In the morning of the fire, when the fire brigade finally arrived, they tried to sift through the ashes to find the children's bodies, and they found nothing. This is Rowan O'Kay all uh, over again. Not even bones. Even during a cremation service, bones don't burn. They have to be like ground up afterwards. Mm. Like, nothing is hot enough, really, for that length of time. And this house did burn for a while, but it was nowhere near hot enough to destroy Mm. bones, and also for not enough length of time. So, what the fuck happened? The children were just gone. The fire was deemed to have been caused by faulty wiring, as deemed by an inquest. However, one of the jury members on the inquest had previously had a run-in with George Sutter. George refused to buy life insurance from this guy. (sighs) And the man reportedly said that your house will go up in smoke and your children are going to be (gasps) destroyed. I mean, that's just kind of like life insurance stuff. It's like, mm mm the worst could happen. Your house would go up in smoke. But then it oh, did. Yeah, it did. Suspicious. Mm. Suspicious around the, suspi- Suspicions around the case grew when the phone lines were inspected. The wire had been deliberately cut. Mm. That's why George couldn't call out that day. And to do that, they'd have to climb a 4.3-meter-high telegraph pole. So it wasn't something that could have been done mm. by accident. It was definitely on purpose. The ladder too, which was gone from its original spot, was thrown in a ditch, which George said that he or his family would never have done. So, starting to look like arson—not only arson, but the fact that there was no trace of the children, a cover-up. Were their bodies taken away, or were they even in the house at the time that the fire started? You're just like, chills. <laughs> or,
1: or or the father, or the mother, but yep. the father, yeah. Murdered the children, right? buried them somewhere, uh-huh. and then rigged the whole thing to look ah. like an elaborate ruse so that they would be too busy investigating those leads, mm. is my theory, but you're going to prove
0: me wrong, aren't you? I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> As this case gained attention, a bus driver reported that on his route, he'd seen a small group of people throwing balls of fire at the house. So like little like tennis balls and stuff. Did he not covered. report this? No, I mean, it was the 50s. You know, there was a lot going on. <laughs> balls of fire. Yeah, he was just like, yep, carried on. <laughs> on. I'll route. allow it. Sure. A couple of months before that, one of the children had found a charred ball near the house after a snow melt. So Jenny recalled the night of the fire, she'd heard that thought on the roof. So could it have been one of those fireballs? Not Santa. And then the sightings began. People came forward saying that they had seen the kids, even on the night of the fire. A woman claimed to have seen the children in a passing car waving out the window, and the morning after, they were spotted at a rest stop getting breakfast, and another woman said that they had all checked into a hotel an hour from the soda home when she recognized and saw one of the photos in the paper.
1: I'm not saying that this is like a Hannibal episode in which a woman steals children to make her own family
0: to kill the parents of the That's original right. family's But so it's like, but it is that. It's definitely it this. And, okay, so Matt Mickelson comes in and then
1: he's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm drunk or if it's just very creepy, but I do have that, the chills. It's, it's like...
0: good. It's oh. like, mysteries, mysteries. What's happening? What's going on? Where are they? What's happened? Yeah, I love it. So the Sardis were Italian immigrants and they were unpopular in the immigrant community because of your Osada's negative views on Mussolini and also one of his sons was fighting for the US in the war they were convinced of it the mafia had kidnapped their children and started a fire to cover it up. Two years later nothing had been covered so they went to the FBI, the local police the local constabulary didn't do their job. The boss at the time of the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover wanted to take up their case but the local authorities would not allow it. Cover up. That is a cop cock block. Cock, cop, a cop block. Cock block. Cop. Yeah, <laughs> you said a good a one tonight. I cock block. A cock block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've been drinking since twelve, and it's now not that time. It's much later. It was time to hire a private investigator, CC Tinsley, no longer trusting their own government he discovered a priest who confided in him that the police fire, no, sorry, the fire chief Morris found a human heart in the ashes. It was buried in a metal box at the scene. This would prove that the children were indeed at the scene of the fire when the fire happened. But when Morris led Tinsley there, when they uncovered it, it was just a beef liver. Uh. And also it wasn't even charred. So yeah. yeah, it was weird. Morris then confessed to setting this up to prove that they were there but he did it shockingly badly considering that he was the fucking fire chief he should know that fire makes things black and he didn't even think to do that it's very snow white yeah with like the look this is the heart of the girl in the metal bar okay it's not like snow white (laughs) so why why did he even bother doing this it was so weird In 1949, (laughs) close to four years after the fire, the Sardis hired a pathologist from Washington and ordered more forensic excavation of the fire scene. His findings were of such. Several small shards of human vertebrae were found at the scene, but when they were analysed even more, they belonged to one person, and it was someone between the age of 17 and 22. So the eldest missing child was Maurice, who was 14. So it's just some other random dead person. What the fuck is happening? at the scene. Yeah, fucking who knows. Over the following years, the Sodder family was plagued with supposed sightings of their children, and George traveled around the country chasing these leads. A woman in St. Louis claimed Martha was living in a convent. Not true. A Texas bartender overheard two people bragging a- around the fire and the kidnapping. George himself saw a photo of a young ballet dancer from New York and was convinced it was his daughter, Betty. He drove there, but he wasn't actually allowed to see the girl, so it was never really confirmed oh. by him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you turn up and you're shrieking about seeing the ballet dancer. <laughs> Who's really your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, I have a father. Uh, I don't want to meet that uh, fan. I am ginger and black. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it did. And he's like, no, I'm- Betty! Come to me! Come to Papa! Come to Papa! She's like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. He saw a photo of a distant relative of Jenny's and her children. Does that make sense? Grammatin? It doesn't, does it? it no, <laughs> no. Like, Jenny's distant relative's child, he thought was one of his kids Mm. because they looked really similar so he travelled to Florida to demand proof that they weren't his children and it took a lot of talking down before he would leave and be convinced that it Mm. it was not his kids well they were grief stricken there was clear absolute cover up (laughs) about this thing so it's like he needed to find them probably scattered around America In 1952, the family erected a billboard on the side of the freeway with photos of the children and offered about, like, around, like, a $10,000 reward for information that could Mm. lead to any one of them. Nothing ever came, though. There were still a lot of tip-offs, because, of course, once you get a reward, people are going to be calling in a lot. Yeah. You know, well-meaning people as well sometimes, but also sometimes pranks. People who want money. In 1967, Jenny Usada received a letter postmarked from Central City in Kentucky. And it was a photo of a man around 30 that looked a lot like Lewis, one of the children. And written on the back of the letter was Lewis Sodder, I Love Brother Frankie, Little Boys, A90132. But it turned out to be a prank. But this was the last lead that they would ever receive. Oh, this is a sad story. uh, Everything's awful forever. (laughs) What's the happy ending? They found all the children. They went to live with hoping it would have a happy ending in 1968 george sutter spoke to the charleston gazette admitting we can't go any further time is running out for us we only want to know if they did die in the fire we want to be convinced otherwise we want to know what happened to them the following year george died oh, grief-stricken oh. jenny dressed in black for the remainder of her life and spent the days tending to the memorial garden of the site of the fire when she died in, 80, in 1989, the remaining soda children finally removed the billboard.
1: Oh. And
0: so the Sadas disappeared again.
1: That's the saddest one we've ever done.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: got a sadness. It's very sad. <laughs> sad. It's horrible,
0: isn't it? But it really is. interesting.
1: It's very... Uh, yeah, like, why? Why the big cover-up? And, like, mm. what did happen? I mean, do you think it was just some child trafficking ring? Or Maybe, what? but that's just really really fucking ballsy to steal five kids from the hire to cover it up like it was all pre-arranged but badly covered up yeah but oh yeah that gives me a sad it's
0: very sad isn't it <laughs> but interesting and, and we'll never know no we'll never know a mystery it's very good. I did like three mystery episodes, didn't I? <laughs> Recently, I just w- what's going on, Jess? I just you what know are you what's going, going on. Through? You know, I'm going through some shit. <laughs> I need <laughs> to have some unanswered questions. That's what I need—more unanswered questions in my life <laughs> to distract you from from the realities of current life. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to do some things that are good sometimes, seeing as you are now depressed forever because you didn't find the key. Then. I have nothing good for today. <laughs> What do I have? Nothing. 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 Can you remind me of one?
1: Was I talking about anything good? Your wrist feeling better. My wrist is feeling better, yeah. I mean, that's a small thing. The absence of pain is indeed a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Basically, okay, I've been been talking about for a while that I've been sad. It's because my Nana died. and So, you know, that's that's quite a hard thing to go through. And so um, my friends just came over one day to cheer me up. And they brought me over some wine. They brought me over some of my favorite snacks as well that I didn't even ask them for. And then we just drank wine and watched Chicago, which is one of my favorite <laughs> films, and just kind of, like, hung out with me, made oh. sure I was okay. So that's really nice, you know, like, having mm. the support you've made. Thanks, guys. That was really appreciated. It was really nice. It's nice when you're feeling sad to have somebody take care of you. And- yeah. It's like, sometimes, like, I don't want to be around people when I'm feeling shitty, and that's mm. valid, too, because you don't when you're in that state of mind, sometimes you don't have to want to worry about other people. if yeah. they're like, oh, I'm being a bummer, I'm bumming other people out. Then it's like, well, I already need to worry about myself, and now I need to worry about bumming people out. So mm. like, just being in a corner. So they just came over and were like, listen, we don't have to do anything. You can just play games or shit, and just like chill out. And It's like, yeah, that was that's nice. And no oh. everyone's got my back. I got loads of condolences as well being like, if I'm here if you need me. And it's like, I know you guys are. Friendship. Friendship is magic. My oh. little pony. Thanks, everyone.
1: And a lot of people sent you animal pictures <laughs> on
0: Twitter. They really did. <laughs> I loved all the animal pictures as well. Oh, looking at everyone's pets. I just love your pets because <laughs> you love them so much. And look at your little creatures that you've decided <laughs> to love and cherish. I love it too. Oh.
1: So, yeah. I mean, send us more animal pictures on Twitter. Addle Forever <laughs> Pod. Yeah. I mean, we wish to be inundated with fur babies.
0: Don't (laughs) take edit that out. Jesus Christ! Inundated. Okay, we do want to be inundated with pets, but I refuse for them to be called fur babies. (laughs) No, babies are disgusting.
1: Don't taint animals with that word. Don't tar them with that brush. (laughs) Don't feather them with that. Okay, inundate us with pictures of your fuzz gremlins.
0: Oh, yes. That's what we want. Or your non-fuzz gremlins, like your snakes and your lizards. Mm, Snakes are the best. Snakes are awesome. I like, someone sent me the picture of their guana, which was really good, and also a bearded dragon, which is also really excellent. So good pets, good pets. Show me your pets, please. Send them to us. Yes. I think that's kind of
1: us, isn't it? Really? Yeah, the, just ending on a mysterious note. Ooh. Yeah, cure upbeat music. <laughs> Country road. <laughs>